Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am your host, Stephen Labine, and with me, as always, my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how are you doing? Uh... So it's going really well, I can tell. This is the energy I'm bringing to the studio today. <laughs> to the studio, my spare bedroom. I love it. Correct, yes. <laughs> You're a millennial that owns a condo. You are winning. I, well, I don't know about winning. I'm doing my best. Which is all that we can do at this moment. Uh, how's your How's your week been? It's been a week. Man, I don't understand corporate America. <laughs> I don't like corporate America. I You gotta do what you gotta do to survive, but uh, I was not made to be in an office or working from home doing an office job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand the value of it, kind of. Um, there are a lot of thankless jobs out there that, uh, that do, a that do a lot of important stuff. Mine's not one of them. Um, <laughs> I just make rich people a lot of money and, uh, Hey, that's why you study for the LSAT. Hey, that's why, uh, other, pe- other jobs are hiring. Just throwing that out there. Not for you, for anyone who needs to hear that. Uh, correct. <laughs> yeah, it's been a week since we've been together. We had a fantasy football draft. What else do I I do this weekend? Rep some football. I uh, had four football games, and boy, my hamstrings are feeling it. I didn't know refs could get injuries. It's not an injury. It's just, uh, it's reminding myself that I am alive, reminding my body that, hey, you haven't ran, like, full-on sprinted in a good year at this point. So, uh, surprise, here is pain. Not to go on a weird tangent. Um, I encourage weird tangents on this. But that's kind of our whole thing. Yeah. Do you ever think about how weird, and I swear I'm not stoned, but how weird it is to, like, have a body? Like, your hamstring that hurts. Like, it is just uh-huh. sending electrical signals up to, a like, a squishy sponge that is controlling the rest of your meat sack. Yeah. It's a, re- it's a really nice squishy sponge. It's, it's doing its job pretty well. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. At the moment, though, pretty, pretty peak. Loving it. I want to shed this mortal coil. Put my brain in a jar and attach it to a robot. Okay, uh, are we going, like, full-on Futurama style, or what, what's your goal here? I mean, if we're going to go for, like, a sci-fi property that exists, Futurama's probably one of the better ones to live in. Okay. Most things when you go to sci-fi, if it's not Star Trek or dystopian. Sure. Right? So, either Star Trek or Futurama's probably, like... Although they do have, like, suicide booths you can just walk into in Futurama, so maybe not that idyllic. Eh. And you have to deal with uh, the return of President Nixon. Uh, we've had worse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, I'll mean, i leave it at that. We'll leave but... it at that. Yeah. Uh, real excited to be back. Uh, we're full on in merge mode. We are working our way through all of the Survivor seasons, one episode at a time. One episode uh, at a time. Season two is closing in on us. So we're getting close. I have not had a single email telling us to watch a certain movie out there. I'm not going to name names. Uh, <laughs> Jared's currently reaching for his phone. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, I'm, uh, nothing's happening. Don't, okay. don't mind me. That's fine. 
to get your emails in, uh, get your reviews in. Feel free to review us on whatever story you are getting your podcast from. Uh, I feel no need to waste this any longer. Jared is still typing on his phone. It's so fine. I, I'm assuming that's where this is going. Uh, what is, let's go ahead and get started with the episode. S- episode 8, <laughs> Thy Name is Duplicity. That is the coolest name of an episode I've ever heard. Yes, it is. Bumper! Alright, so, uh, when this episode came out, not a whole lot happened between last week's episode and this week's episode in the year 2000. Um, But, you know, going back in our time machine, we do see one ancient relic in this episode, which is a VHS tape. Oh, yeah. So, if you remember VHS tapes, that's where we are. But uh, there was one, I guess, kind of interesting thing that happened. Um, Roberto Suarez Gomez, Bolivian drug lord called the King of Cocaine. Oh. Baller title. Whose story was the basis of the movie Scarface, dies of a heart attack at 68. So the real-life inspiration for Scarface passed away. Um, Wait, wait, wait. He was the king of cocaine, and he died of a heart attack? Probably from all the cocaine. I couldn't have seen that coming. (laughs) Who who possibly could have known? (laughs) Um, I also just love this little fact. Uh, The leaders of Salt Lake City's bid to win the 2002 Winter Olympics are indicted by a federal grand jury for bribery, fraud, and racketeering. Whoa! I don't know how that happened in the year 2000. I guess if I bid it several years in advance, so... Um, I don't remember that at all. I don't think I don't know if it was a big news story or not. I don't. I, I don't. Did the Olympics go to uh, Salt Lake City in two thousand? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. It Winter Olympics. So yeah, like, well, yeah. you you see smaller venues for the Winter Olympics than you do the uh, Summer Olympics. And maybe the most relevant thing on people's uh, radar during that time, the number one song was "Bent" by Matchbox Twenty. Bent. I am coming up blank. Can you? You would know it if you heard it. Can you uh, give me a little a little humsy? Ah, uh, no. I okay. don't remember how it goes, but I know I've listened to the song a half a million times. Okay. Uh, in my brain, I'm only pulling, uh... It's been a while! But that's not correct. It's very much not correct. What What, what are the lyrics? Uh, if I fall along the way, pick me up and dust me off, and if I get too tired to make it, be my breath so I can walk. Okay. Um, I'm getting to get to the, the chorus. Can you help me? I'm bent. I'm so scared that I'll never get put back together. I, this is not helping me, so I'm, I'm worthless here. So yeah, case in point, I don't, I don't know this song. I, I, I don't remember. If you remember Matchbox 20, it was, I think it was their first big song. The only one that comes to mind for Matchbox 20 is the, uh, let's see how far we go. But that's like way later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where we are. That's where we are. (laughs) Anything else exciting? We have a really cool epi- named episode of Survivor. That's true. Thy name is Duplicity. Uh, go- tell me about that. Tell me what your feelings about that well, episode. First of title. all, where did they get this name from? It's, they kind of say it in uh, early on. I believe Greg says it. Of course he does. Yeah. Of course. That's such a Greg quote. Yeah. Well, we... Oh, oh I don't... Yes, we're talking about the what Jenna calls a conspiracy. Yes, correct. Before. Everyone is paranoid of everyone. And the it's so funny... Sean is so accidentally useful because if all five of them had had voted for Gretchen, they immediately would have known. And all of them were like, I think four of the five of them did, mm-hmm. but they have no idea who didn't. Correct. But but they're talking to Sean about this. So Sean easily could have been like, 
Oh yeah, I think they all did it, and I'm not in on it. We sh- we should fix that. Go- easy done. End of season. Sean could fix others' brains, but was not given one himself. <laughs> but he he does feel the outs because early on he's talking about um, talking about how there is that group, and he he's unsure that this is working for him. So. I don't know what what the deal is here. The writing is very bold and very clear, and no one seems to want to jump at it. No, him and Jervis, well, not no one. Him and Jervis are both like, ah, oh, yeah. Either I, you know, I'm in a bad spot, or I don't do anything, and then do nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like the first five minutes of this episode is talking about. As you said, the conspiracy. It feels very dark and foreboding. It does. Everyone is so concerned that people are banding together, planning their votes, and uh, not voting off who they feel in their heart of hearts that should go, or someone that, as we talk about later in the episode, that they just don't get along with. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I think them voting out Gretchen was a tactical mistake. One, they don't pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone's consensus, including the people who voted, uh, the, the four that voted out Gretchen, all say it's because she's a good player. Yeah. So there is no benefit of the doubt. Gretchen did not rub anyone the wrong way nope. that we can see. Everyone seems to like her. Every Everyone's like, wow, I thought she'd make it to the end. Um, if they had gone for... Uh, Jervis, yeah. or if they had gone for even like Colleen, there's some benefit of the doubt of like, oh wow, I guess people around camp just really didn't like them. But this is the first. This is the first episode of what feels like Survivor. Correct. They and you're right. They made a tactical mistake. Uh, I feel like they didn't. They they, per, they perceived Gretchen as a leader, and that's why they said they did mm-hmm. it as she could be someone who could really rally the troops behind her. However, in just an episode or two ago, she was talking about how I don't want to band together with anyone. I find that iffy. So you're right. It was a bad move, and they should pay for it, but they're not. Yeah, and I don't know if they meant leader as far as, like, she would lead people in her own alliance, or that, like, she's in first place currently mm-hmm. like if she would win i don't know if i think they knew about the jury going into this because they didn't seem when we talk about the in tribal where jeff brings up the jury for yeah. the audience's sake it did i mean it felt like it was for the audience's sake not for the contestants sake they knew that arrangement going in um and that's how the million dollars we decided so i think that's what they meant when they said leader i was very surprised rudy's the one that orchestrated this move yeah they they should know about the jury because that's a fundamental thing of the game Mm -hmm. like you can't just get to the end we can't go uh the circle and just like show up to the end and nobody really quite understands how this is going to play out like (laughs) how does one person get the money i don't know we'll wing it honestly i kind of thought that's what was going to (laughs) happen um or that i was i was kind of wondering and even worrying a little bit that the jury would be everyone from the beginning Mm -hmm. i didn't know that that was core that was foundational that was season one episode one we have that set in stone it has never changed yeah they they had that at least in the plan so the game is the same 
However, it has evolved into a much better, much more reality game show than what it is at that point. Sure. Which is good. Um, yeah, they're talking, they talk for a while about the vote and then the women all come together and say, Hey, we should band together. This happens every season. I've seen this happens yeah. and falls apart within like four minutes. Cause there's always like one or two women that are like, no, I yeah. don't want to do this. Yeah. It's, it's Hilarious. not every season. There are some that make it work. Okay. But, uh, the. I don't know what it is. When you're voting along gender lines, it's really easy to crack that. Yeah. I, I just don't feel like there's the, the loyalty of anything. That, like, yes, we were born with the same parts or choose to identify as the same gender. Great. There's more bonding them, I feel like, than, than that. There's life experience and all of that. But one thing to consider is they... Uh, you want as many things different from the person you're sitting next to at the final two or three as possible. Uh-huh. Um, if you are, uh, if you're up there with another woman, you can't, you don't have that part of the conversation that you can bring up. So that, that kind of makes sense that they, you know, Sue is seeing that like, hey, if I can bring someone else to the end with me, if I can bring a guy to the end with me, I have a whole nother part of the conversation that is unique to me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Another case for Sue is the only one playing this game. I'm not the only one. Sue is the only one playing this game, and I will double down on it. Wow. No. Sue Sue is the only one thinking real difficult strategy and willingness to make strong moves. I think I think Rich and Rudy are. Mm-hmm. I think Rudy seems to be the one who orchestrated Gretchen and Rich. It seems like they're both in on it. I I don't agree with their read. But I understand it was a bold move. Let's yeah. take out the person oh, yeah. that we think could win it. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just it's just basically their alliance and Greg that's playing the game. <laughs> I am going to disagree. I think Rudy is along on the alliance and will will enjoy having a say every once in a while because mm. that's who he is. I don't think he is orchestrating big moves. I think he just will throw a name out and say, "Yeah, that's that's who I want out." He wants his money so bad, though. He does. He does. I mm, I have things I can't wait to talk about, about I know. this episode. What, what he said in this episode, either we take them one by one or I start breaking people's knees. Yeah. He's, Verbatim. The man is so crazy, and I love it. He's... Uh, oh. Crazy Rudy. Crazy Rudy. I have one Painting actually ass. written right after this. Go on. Where they're arguing about food. They're arguing about the rice and like how yep. much rice they have and all of that. And Rudy's like... I'm not stubborn. I was like, Rudy, everything, no, nobody believes that. Even you don't believe that. <laughs> he is so uncomfortably stubborn that uh, it, he's clearly rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. I, I mean, even in his own group, they, they tolerate him at best. I think they find him charming. I think Rich finds him charming. I think. Odd couple. Odd <laughs> couple. But yes, it's, uh, I think Sue will put up with him for as long as she has to. Okay. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, you're right. They, they discuss food. Most of the men are like, we want to eat more food. <laughs> and we once again see all the women doing all of the work for the tribe. Yeah. I mean, not, uh, it seems like some of the men are doing some things, not as much as the women. 
and there's Jervis who's doing nothing. Correct. Um, but you're right. Yeah, no, they're, they're talking about food and, and they're up against it. Mm-hmm. They only have a few days left. Luckily, Rich catches enough fish that they don't really need a lot of rice for the next couple of days. But, whew. Yeah, they talk about how Rich pretty much came up empty the first day of the merge. Mm-hmm. And then this second episode, you have three more days. Uh, but he's catching a lot of fish I think this second said, day. I think they said the first two days he didn't catch anything. And on the third, he finally got that big haul of like a couple rays and... I think like a shark a shark and a catfish man on the third day of fishing rich brought to me food <laughs> food a shark food. uh a so- whole shark a whole shark baby no. it was a baby shark uh <laughs> jared cut me off as he should uh side tangent i did some digging i was looking for uh past and more information of survivors and these castaways what are they doing now and there was a full interview with gretchen that i missed for last episode oh uh it was really interesting because gretchen says along the lines of food that pagong shared food with the video crew because they ran out of food and then they refused to give them more food in return, which is, I I cannot vouch for the validity, validity of this, but man. My jaw is on the floor. If that's true, that's wild and so unbelievably inappropriate. You know that it had to have been like the cameraman didn't want to admit that mm-hmm. they had taken the food. So they're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, we can't. No. Um, that's the only thing I can think of is that they would have gotten in trouble from take, for taking food from them and didn't want to get caught. But like... That's evil. It's wild. It's it. It is pretty evil, especially when it's not their fault that you didn't properly equip yourselves right with food. Man, that imagine being on the show and like it's the first season. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new show. Yep. And the crew is out of food. I'd be freaking out. There, like, are we gonna get home? Yeah, there are a lot of things that could have gone wrong in this first episode. Uh, or this first season to shut the show down real quick. They're lucky they did. Yeah. They're lucky they kept going. Moving on. So they show Rich and Greg playing mind games a little bit. This, this, is, this is a weird... A weird part of this episode is just focused on Greg and Rich. Half flirting, half manipulating the other person... What do you see in this? I loved it. Um, well, first of all, I want to say uh, last episode what I said about them not talking about the vote at all and going right to tribal and how detrimental that was. Uh-huh. I actually think it kind of served a service. I, there is value to be had, and we see it this episode too, in us also not knowing who's going home Oh yeah, and learning why next week. And I think that Survivor now has gotten a little too comfortable with, you know, it's one of two people. Yeah. You don't know which two. They always throw in a a second option in the editing, but you know it's one of two people. And we had, last week we had no idea. This week we also have very little idea. They probably went too far last week. The middle ground is somewhere in between. Um, This episode's still probably also a little too far. I'd like to hear at least them talking about different names for more than like a passing shot. But, Mm -hmm. um... 
I really love the way that this is set up. Um, I have called it since episode one, maybe episode two. Greg is a Greg is a psychopath. Oh yeah, and now everyone else is starting to see it too. Everyone's aware. They must have had Stockholm syndrome on Pagong's beach. I I don't know how they didn't see it till now. They're like he's changed, and I'm like, yeah, he's a little darker, but like he has not really changed that much. Um, it it it's interesting. It, it almost feels a little bit like nobody challenge, like nobody felt challenging to Greg on Pagong, mm-hmm. and now he's found Rich, and he's he is the villain that has found his arch nemesis. He, yeah, he was playing the friendship game. And, like, the entertainer role for people he didn't have to compete against. He didn't feel threatened that he was going to go home. And suddenly it's an individual game, and all hell breaks loose in his mind. It's it's wild. And we see, um, well, first, Fish ha- or Rich has a fish-shaped immunity idol. Nobody's going to vote him off. <laughs> they call, they're like, we will starve. Yeah, correct. Um, he doesn't even need to compete in challenges. He mm-hmm. can just sit out and... Until, like, the final, like, five or whatever, he would be yep. safe. Um, but the, their their mind games back and forth of, like, Rich being like, he thinks I don't know, but I know what he knows. And Greg being like, oh, I, I think I, he knows what I know. Um, I, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I have so much to talk about at the end of the episode that relates to this. Uh, but we will get back to that because it's... It, it's burning a hole in my tongue, and I want to talk about is, it. Is Greg serving life in prison for uh, <laughs> for murdering, like, six people? No, but there isn't a whole lot of information about him post-game. Uh, again, we'll get okay, to that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they continue to talk. They continue to size each other up. They talk about religion a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Greg says Rich is playing a big game. So Greg is at least aware. He's right. He's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, I wrote down that Greg is much more, uh, devious here. He's, he is showing a side of, okay, I think I need to do something. Otherwise, either I will lose control of this game or I lose control of myself. Which is interesting because if he would have been doing this from the beginning with maybe like 5% more subtlety, Mm -hmm. he probably would be in the same position Rich is with like a strong alliance next to him. But he took this holier-than-thou stand against alliances and didn't take the game seriously in the tribe. And so now even his own tribe is weirded out. They're like, he's now playing a game. Correct. Yeah. And that's what they talk about is that he he's now... He's scrambling like someone at the bottom. Mm-hmm. If this were a 42, everyone would be like, well, okay, you're clearly... Like, something's not right. Even at this point... They're saying, "Man, I don't, I don't think he's gonna stay for very long." Paranoia, paranoia. He is full. I mean, he was always crazy. I don't know how everyone didn't see that, but this is where like the full-on paranoia kicks in. Yep. Um, I love Colleen being like, "No, there's nothing going on with me and Greg. If there was a girl out here I liked as much as him, I'd just be doing the same thing." I was like, "Did Colleen just come out of the closet? Is Colleen bisexual?" <laughs> I don't think that's what she was getting at. I don't at, think that's what she meant. But, uh, yeah, choose your words wisely, Colleen. Uh, and then Greg talks about snapping a kitten's neck. Yeah. After he called her kitten. And then talked about her kitten. 
She has a kitten. Yeah. Uh, we should check on Colleen. And her cat. And her cat. That's, that. It's concerning. Dude, that rant was unhinged. It was. It was very much. It was uncomfortable. And I don't think that Colleen fully was on board with all of it. Like, wasn't comprehending what he was getting at. No. Imagine watching that back. Yeah. Like, getting the other half of his, you know, when he was talking just to the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, the same, he's the one who, who like, flinches at, like, oh, couldn't it be a more humane death for one of the fish that they kill? And Rich is like, that's about as humane as it gets. That's a, you know, that's a knife through the brain. Um, and then immediately goes into a diatribe about how he's, like, well, you just have to murder the kitten. Like, did something in him break when he saw that? Something else break? Are there? Is there anything else to be broken? The, the man is broken. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They, there's more weird flirting around the fire that evening. Uh, they talk about an orgy. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's all flirting. I, I couldn't, honestly, I don't even know if Rich finds Greg attractive or if he just, by the end of the episode, I think I, think I came around that he did. Or if he was just doing it because he thought it was fun, like I don't know. I feel like he's toying with him. They're toying with each toying other, with and it's it's that uh, they're running at each other, and one person's gonna flinch, and no one is gonna flinch, and they're just gonna run right headfirst. Rich feels like a predator playing with his meal through these interactions. Like he is like I'm like I'm gonna vote him off if he doesn't win this immunity challenge. So I'm just gonna mess with him for the next couple of days. And I think his speech at the end uh, sort of highlights that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We jump into another target challenge, this time just archery. And just one arrow. Just one arrow. It's... The premise is not good. It's... And you just need to be a tournament. Yeah. You do three arrows each, you do one versus one, and you do it as a ladder. Yep. And this would have been an awesome challenge. You're telling me something, and I'm right on board with you. However, they don't do that. No. Uh, they they drop a target onto their beach. They give them bow and arrow set and three arrows, and they are allowed to practice all morning long until Jeff shows up in a boat. And my immediate thought is, oh, we're doing this on their beach, like right right in front of the in front of the shelter. We're just we're shooting targets. I didn't even gather that. Wow, yeah. I just kind of forgot that Jeff had showed up in that boat and didn't take them anywhere. But he's just like, yep, we're right here. Let's yeah. Do it right here. I had to confirm that, because during the challenge, I had to look back behind them to see the, the parachute still hanging up there. <laughs> but yeah, it it was right in front of their beach. Uh, but yes, Jeff shows up in a boat. They haul off a giant case, a wooden crate. Everyone's coming out, helping to carry it over. What was your immediate reaction? What did you think that was? So, I didn't think it was a fridge. I was very surprised that everyone thought it was a fridge. I was like, "Uh, with what power? (laughs) Like, maybe, like, I guess, like, a cooler, maybe? But, like, not a fridge. Um, I honestly had no idea. I was... What was your guess? I did did know this was coming. okay. Uh, I was not expecting a CRT TV. mm -hmm. I kind of forgot that CRTs ever existed in the first place. Full-on VHS-enabled CRT TV that I'm assuming they had to have a generator just off-screen for them to run. That's a good point. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nowhere to plug that bad boy into. That's probably why they thought it was a refrigerator, because they probably had brought a generator out. Yeah. So everyone is shown a video. Jeff huddles everyone around this VHS, and they're told, <sighs> oh, your family recorded videos. We're going to give you a small snippet so that you can see this, and then the winner gets to watch the whole video of their family. Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Have you seen the episode where uh, we see Barney's past? Where, like, he gets, before he turns into, like, Ruthless Suit Man, and he gets his fiance taken away by a Ruthless Suit Man? Yes. That was Kelly's boyfriend. <laughs> He's just some weird hippie caveman that walked out of a swamp. That That's almost exactly what I wrote down. I uh, could smell him. <laughs> Kelly's boyfriend, classic hippie. Uh, wearing alpaca fur, uh, full on Fu Manchu. It was, it was interesting. It has been a long time since I've seen someone that was more of a caricature of himself. Yeah. No, not Fu Manchu. What's the really long, a goatee, a goatee. Yeah. It's a goatee, not a Fu Manchu. Um, yeah. Notable people that I wrote down from this. (laughs) Kelly's boyfriend. Sue's husband. Sue was more excited to see her dog. Oh, yeah. I don't blame her. Her dog was really cute. <laughs> Sue's husband gave the most Midwest poem I've ever seen. It was it was real great. I, I had a great time. Uh, Rudy's wife is just as stiff as he was. No, but the the joy. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else was, was you know, pretty animated. Um, Rudy was just so still and so serene and it was like it was just pure that was the first time i noted down that i was like oh this is a genuine emotion out of rudy i know he had something beyond pissing him off (laughs) it's it's great jervis's kid was adorable yes uh hey uh what's with colleen's parents (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're gonna have to remind me i don't remember they popped up out of bed oh yeah I think that was cute. I what? Why? <laughs> it's like fun family. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make a video. We're gonna make it a, a fun time. Yeah. Bloop. Hi. Here we are in our bed. Might have been doing stuff beforehand. That's the weird part. That's yeah. that last thing is the part that's weird <laughs> because you could have popped out anywhere. Why did it have to be there? I don't know. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And what happened with Jenna's family? I I feel bad. Je- it's horrible. Jenna is the only one who doesn't get a tape. Jeff plays all the videos and then says to Jenna, Jenna, I'm so sorry. Your family didn't get back a tape to us, so we don't have anything to show you. And you can't really win a tape because we don't have there anything. Isn't a tape. We can send one back because that's part of the challenge is if you win, we'll send a tape for you back home i'm i'm assuming either one they didn't know how to work it it is the year 2000 you know camcorders are not what it's not a cell phone you yeah. don't have one in your pocket yeah yeah or there was issues with mail uh something happened where it either didn't get to them if they sent the full video equipment to them or it didn't get back in time for them yeah. to leave the country. Because uh, that's not something that can just, like, just pop it in the mail and it'll get to Fiji tomorrow. There's no email. It's not Fiji. I said Fiji. 
it's always Borneo. been Fiji. It's always been Fiji. Yeah. So I, I do feel bad, but I hope they, I hope that this was a mistake by the family and not a mistake by Survivor. Oh, I, I kind of hope the opposite. Really? Because like, which is, which would be more hurtful to you that like some producer somewhere messed up or your family messed up? your kids i yeah it it would hurt but at least i could be like oh maybe they just didn't know what to do like i feel bad if if an organization with their sole purpose of you have this whole thing planned out (laughs) i would feel really bad if i was the only one that got screwed over yeah that's true just tragic do your diligence but yeah i could see it both ways uh yes so they get into the challenge it is a single arrow person closest to the bullseye wins which greg shoots the first arrow greg is the closest to the bullseye greg wins yeah it's it nobody there's no tension because nobody even gets close no and you're right that could have been solved with a tournament with Mm -hmm. multiple arrows easy thing to fix that they just don't uh sue kelly jervis Rich, I'll get on the board. Uh, Rich shoots sideways. Full on... Kill shot. Yeah, it's kill shot. No, he turns it like it's a crossbow and then just kind of holds it there. Honestly worked better than I thought it would. Clearly he didn't win. That bar was low. That bar was low. <laughs> it was real low, but uh, he, he made it. He got on the board. So yeah, Greg wins and we get to see... Into the insanity that is the Buis family. Dude. <laughs> Dude, we are watching Bates Motel. It's it's concerning. I, what was that? So... R- Rudy describes it as, like, some incest. Yeah. He's like, this does not seem like a tape from a sister. And I'm like, yeah, Rudy, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. It's... It's, it's scary how flirtatious it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone felt it. It immediately jumps in with some uh, racist, yeah, language. It, it's uh, it's like imitating a, a a native language without attempting all that hard. So there's, if anyone knows the musical uh, "A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder," there's a lyric, and it takes place in the 1800s in Britain. And there's a there's a character who's going about the world doing these quote unquote charitable things, but really just like they're making themselves self-important. And there's a line in one of their songs uh, that is, and it's obviously making fun of itself, but um, of words they have but six and half of them are clicks. And I was, that's all I could, and and all of them are different words for dung. And that's all I could think of when she was doing that. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Man. But at least that's self-aware where they're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, she was not. No, she was very much not self-aware. She uh, was doing it, full-on ridiculing people that she had no business had had never seen and once again not not that racism is generally intelligent it's also misplaced yeah the whole like dumb like uh, i mean there are languages uh or dialects in the african continent that do use clicks i believe i don't know if that's true fact check it um please do there's a lot of dialects on the african continent but that's the at least that's the stereotype there isn't any in the South China Sea that I'm aware of. So you're also not geographically accurate in your racism. Like, what? <laughs> what? 
Figure, figure your shit out. Uh, and then my favorite line from the whole tape. Think what Billy Joel would do. Words to live by. Words to live by. Uh, maybe not, but words to live by. I know so little about Billy Joel. Yeah. It's... WWBJD. What would Billy Joel do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout very loudly on a turnpike in New Jersey. Wait, what? Billy Joel? Am I thinking? No. Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. The, the famous New Jersey. I take it back. I was thinking Bruce Springsteen. Not They're Billy the Joel. Person. They're not the same person. Not at all. Uh, but Whitney Houston is also from New Jersey is what I learned in that quick Google search. So huh. here we are. No, yeah, his sister is, is it made me uncomfortable. It, it The whole, not just like the racism, because that was like a second of it. Yeah. Also made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but everything else that she said, like, it was, it was like, sometimes like that seems more like your girlfriend than your sister. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like it seemed more like your mom. Yep. And you were a baby. Sometimes it felt like he was like she was role playing like he was a baby. All of it was just massively uncomfortable. All of it was uncomfortable. Um, all the while, everyone is around watching this except for Jenna, who is devastated, yeah. just off on her own, continuing to shoot the arrow. So first of all, everyone else looks as uncomfortable as I was watching it. <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, good. Um, but. Poor, like, just, I feel so bad for Jenna. She has bruises and marks up her arm from practicing for so long so that she could watch a video from her family. Yeah, she's full on devastated, and I, I feel bad. There was a point where I was like, she might just willingly go home. Yeah. Do the, I know that now there's Ponderosa. That's where they keep the jury members. Yep. Did that exist in season one? I am unclear because it, it hasn't happened yet. This would be... After this episode would be the first time that there would be. Right. Because um, this would be our first jury member. Yeah. Uh, let me let me do some quick digging later and I'll, I'll have an answer for you. We'll find out next episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, everyone who's watching this, Rudy says back on the video that we might kill, uh, we might kill Greg. And yes, everything hilarious. So funny. Yeah, I mean, at that point he probably should for the good of humanity. Yeah. I, <laughs> Greg and his sister now both scare me. Um, that is, whew, that's some Alabama Habsburg shit. Sweet home. <laughs> and then we get a montage of Jervis doing nothing. Jervis doing nothing. And everyone talk about Jervis doing nothing. I titled this section Jervis the Entertainer. Uh, it, it shows many, uh, a conversation with everyone either describing how he is an entertaining person who's fun mm-hmm. to be around or a slacker who does nothing around the camp or both yeah some people say both and it he he really is the one who is I, the opinion is so split with this tribe he's divisive he's very divisive and it does seem like it's mostly like, the women are sick of him doing nothing, and the men are like, eh. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I'll play cards with him. Um, yeah, no, Rudy, uh, Rudy, no, I love Rudy. Jervis is one of my least favorite types of people, um, that, like, admits to what they're doing wrong, and then just continues to do it. <laughs> yes, I understand that there is a problem, and everyone is upset about this. However, I will do nothing to change it, because it's currently working for me. I think I gave him credit for being self-aware a few episodes ago, but, like, 
that was with the assumption he'd at least try to change a little bit. No, no, no. We don't do that here. That's a bad assumption. We don't change. Uh, really, nothing else happens between that. There's one other thing I noticed, and it, there's no good point to talk about it because it happened a little in like small areas all throughout the episode. Okay. Um, first of all, I don't know what was wrong with Jenna's forehead. She had like some like alopecia, maybe sunburn. I don't know. It doesn't it, matter. It looks like sunburn. One of those that throughout, especially the early seasons, the sunburn, if it gets bad enough and you continue to burn it, it's gonna look like that. Ah. You're just out, you're out in the sun all day. Yeah, yeah. That it, it looks horrible. Um. But uh, more importantly, I keep picking up little things where I'm like, I think Sean is like simping for Jenna ever since they went to the to the island together. Um, I don't have a lot of examples, so they passed by really quickly. But the number one one was during this next challenge we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like going up over a log, and he's like trying to help her, and then realizes he's not supposed to, and then like kind of like touches her foot and <laughs> kind of like rubs her foot, and I was like, eh. or like I think at one point he just like singles her out of a conversation and she is not having it. it well, like in like on a side conversation during a Jervis part where he's playing cards. And I was like, feels like Sean's just trying to, he's, he's really trying to get back in there. And by get back in there, I mean, get in there in the first place. The war council really did a number on him. He, he wants, he wants all of that Jenna, uh, spoiler alert. He won't get any. No. Uh, yeah. So the immunity challenge happens. I really like this immunity challenge. I did too. I this is the coolest one of the season thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Jeff explained the rules like he's Jeff. Yeah, this is the first time that's happened. It's beautiful. I love it so much. It was clear. I knew the rules of the game. The contestants knew the rules <laughs> of the game. More importantly, mm-hmm. um, and it was an interesting challenge with possible comeback mecha- mechanics and failure points. Yeah. So what this challenge was? It was a rope maze. Uh, a carabiner rope maze that you had to equip yourself into and guide yourself through with multiple dead ends, multiple uh, ways you could get turned around. Uh, really, this is just a Mario Party minigame. Make a choice and you're stuck with it. It has potential to be done very quickly, which it, it kind of does. Uh, yeah. It If you make the correct choices every single time, you, that's it, you win. Easy as that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jervis gets up to an early lead and then never looks back. That's true. Which wasn't the most interesting part of this challenge. My no. favorite part was watching all of the struggles of people who would got... <laughs> the subtitles oh. clearly say, Greg is lost. It says, it says Greg lost, or currently lost. Currently lost. Says, currently yeah. lost, and then it goes back to other people, and then it comes back to Greg and it says lost again. Yep. <laughs> Still lost. It's They're finding their humor. They're, they're finding humor. Weird for subtitles, but uh, I don't care. I'm all for it. The editors found it after the season had shot, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, Jenna comes close. Jenna uh, makes most of the same decisions that Jervis does. Jervis is just faster. I know. I want her to win so bad. Yeah. And I do think if Jenna wins, Jervis goes home. You might be right. First of all, we know Sean would have voted for him. Mm-hmm. Because alphabetical. <laughs> true true and i think at least one or two of his members of his own tribe would have voted for him yeah now maybe the alliance in that case would still go would still go greg like they do but i i do think that jervis goes home if he doesn't win this challenge it's uh hmm that's a good theory you got there 
Now the real question is, does Sean go back to vote for Jervis or does he get skipped because he has to continue down alphabetical order? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> Next episode. Uh, yeah, Jerv- Jervis wins in a landslide. Uh, after this challenge, this is the first time that nerves are palpable uh-huh. to everyone on the beach. People are starting to realize that, oh, I can now go home any point. Unless I win that immunity, I am not safe anymore. I think that what scared them the most is when people have gone home before. Mm-hmm. If we saw, when we saw Ramona go home, when we saw Dirk go home, um, the whole tribe kind of went, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Even if they didn't vote for him. Yep. But Gretchen was just such a shock to everyone that they're like, oh, there is four people. We don't know which four, or we have a hint at which four, but we're not entirely sure that are going to pick someone off. And we don't know who. I can truly go home at any point with no warning. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Uh, this was the point. This was your quote from earlier that Rudy says, I'll have to break some someone's kneecap. Yes. It's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Jervis wants to qu- squash the alliance. He he tries to make a counter alliance. Yeah. Which Greg and him had the right read a few episodes ago. Uh, the pre-merge episode. The two of them talk about like, we need to stay... Pagong Strong, all of us have to vote together or they'll do it to us. You're absolutely right. And he was right. And then they don't do it. They don't follow through. Uh, Almost no one follows through. Uh, Well, they they, they did this episode. Did they? I think. Check the votes. um, But it... uh, Jenna had... I think the only two people that got votes were Greg and Jenna. Yeah, and they were both on Pagong. No one voted for a Toggy member. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Why did Pagong vote out Jenna? Just, or try to vote out Jenna? I think it's because they they felt like she wanted to go home. That the videotape really did a number on her. Yeah. And they were trying to do her a service to like, okay, go home, see your kids. Which we do see that in Greg for a minute where he, Greg has a thing where he's like, it kind of feels like Jenna wants to go home. Mm-hmm. And then we get a confession with Jenna where she's like, I'm going to win this game. And I'm I was like, like, oh, well. I'm going to win this um, for these kids. Okay. <laughs> she does not want to go home. No, no, none at all. And of course not. You're this close to a million dollars. Right. Why? If you would have gone home, you would have gone home a long time ago. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure you're not even going home. Yeah. We'll find out next episode, but I'm pretty sure you're not going all the way home. <laughs> Which is true, because he, he describes that uh, it's the jury... And the jury can't go home, because they have to vote in that final... Uh, regardless if there's a Ponderosa, there has to be some place for them to to hang out and wait till the final episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no way they're going all the way back to America for two weeks. Nope. It's not worth it. Uh, yeah, so we jump into the tribal. They're still banging the gong. It okay i it makes me happy clearly they thought this was going to be around for a long time the yeah. gong it's this, not it's not i i don't know if it makes another season uh and jeff describes the jury describes what it is for us to to everyone and then says a very specific thing so this is the first tribal that felt like a tribal by mm-hmm. the way like they fixed the lighting the camera quality like it it felt like a true tribal council just a kind of short one. Yeah. His questions, though. Jesus, <laughs> Jeff. So, first of all, Rich deflects really well. This he does. is now like the second or third time he's done this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that question threw him off and you see it on his face for like half a second. Jeff asks him, straight up, Rich, is there an alliance? Which, like, he is putting him on blast. Yeah, he, no shame about it. He is full on like, hey, fess up. We all know. It almost feels like Jeff was trying to discourage alliances in the first place. Yeah. And that this goes back to my point from a few episodes ago where I said, uh, I don't know if Rich wins or not. It feels like he does, um, just from where we're, where I know season 42 is and the way that Rich is playing the game. And if he does, or maybe even if he doesn't, he feels like the grandfather of Survivor more than Jeff, more than the producers, because they they want to... They, it feels like Jeff is on the side of people like voting their conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it is an interesting thought experiment. I, I know I talked last time about um, it only takes a small group to not do that. But if, if this alliance had been squelched out, mm-hmm. if it hadn't gotten two su- successful votes off this early, would we have seen a few seasons, or maybe we do, I don't know, um, a few seasons of people voting their conscience? I kind of hope we don't. Um, but would we have seen that for a little while of people actually making it merit-based and how would the show have evolved from that? And, and you hear the terms old school versus new school thrown around in that they, the old school does. They vote with their conscience for a, for a long time, but not in the way that it is in the first season. Mm. The first season, it's unorganized vote with your conscience. Yeah. Okay. It's, I'm not going to tell you who I'm voting for because I don't, I don't feel like that's right. Uh, later on down the line, they're still voting with their conscience, but they're at least strategizing around it. Sure. Um, yeah, it's there's much more loyalty to the people you're around early on than later down the road. And I said that Rich is really good at deflecting, and mm-hmm. I, I wish I remember what he said exactly, but basically when Jeff asks him if there's an alliance, he goes, no, I don't think so. Um Kelly does not. <laughs> Kelly does not deflect correct uh, well at all. She immediately says, "Do I have to answer that?" Yeah, you so just did. We we asked Sue pretty much the same question, and Sue lies pretty well. Yeah, like, yeah that's right. Not well enough that if you were, if you were, I feel like if I was sitting there, I'd be like, "That wasn't. That didn't sell me on anything." Uh, and Kelly blows it. I mean, you're right. Says, "Do I have to answer that?" Boom. Everyone should be have an alarm sounding in their head, like, "Oh yeah, there is. We need to fix this. We need to do something about this." Which, again, Jeff, you asked three of the four people in that <laughs> alliance that you knew because uh-huh. you have the inside knowledge if there was an alliance. And this isn't the first time he's done this multiple True. times. Uh, my, I also I wrote out because Kelly repeats almost word for word what Sue says earlier on. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's so funny. Like you're not you're not fooling a dang thing. The other, I, I I talked in the past about like, you know, wondering if producers put their thumb on the scale, especially in this first season. Mm-hmm. This feels like Jeff putting his thumb on the scale. It doesn't work, but it feels like he's trying to get the one of the three of them voted off, or trying if to play devil's advocate to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't hate the alliance idea, maybe he's trying to kickstart everyone else into making them as well. But either way, it, it is, it's a little shady. Yeah. The answer is yes. The thumb is on the scale. It's just to, to how much. Uh, again, doing more research and digging in. The more, I, the more I look into later tribes people leaving, the more information I get about the earlier ones, which 
is is really funny to me. Uh, they were talking about BB and how BB wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, BB desperately wanted to just quit the game, and Jeff and the producers. Uh, Mark Burnett essentially told BB, like, if you're going to do this, then you need to look into the camera and tell the camera that you are quitting and going home. To which BB refused because he didn't want to be... He's not a quitter. Yes, he is. I mean, he is because he wants to quit. (laughs) However, he just doesn't want to be on camera saying that I'm going to quit. I don't quit. You fire me. Yeah. So, essentially, his... His stubbornness is the only reason why he didn't just up and quit the game. Because they refused to let him just walk away. Wow. Yeah. Great times. Jumping back to when Jeff was talking early on, did you catch that this is a final two? Yes. Yeah. I, I knew that there would be final twos. Okay. That's a, that's a vague memory I had from childhood. Okay. Um, was that being a, a two-person vote. I'm, I'm interested in, in my mind, two feels better than three. But we'll see. I think that an advantage of two could be them getting to make their case directly against somebody instead mm-hmm. of two other people. Yeah. Then again, that could make the, the the rhetoric more pointed and more putting down their opponent instead of elevating their own game because they don't need to be better than two people and make, they have to just bring one other person down. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited to see what that looks like. I think you're right. I think two is better than three as far as the final tribal council goes, it makes it much more of a, this is your, Opa! Opa! Knock my notes down. This is your choice or this is your choice. However, it makes for the last couple challenges and tribal councils to be iffy because essentially what's going to happen at the end of this season is that whoever wins the immunity challenge for three is going to decide who they want to sit against. Whoever wins the tribal council at four, or the immunity count, immunity challenge, immunity challenge at four, you're going to usually have a two-two split, and they're going to tie, and then someone is going to draw rocks, so that last person is automatically out. Are we doing rocks? Is that how it starts in this point in season one? I. I think so. I think the rock is there. Okay. I don't remember when it first comes into play. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. We'll we'll find out. Um. That's true. I just had a, a horrible, horrible premonition that Sean is going to be the one who wins final immunity and has to choose who he's sitting next to. I don't want to see Sean that long. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, I, we'll get into that. We'll get into who's there. It's it's coming. I, I need to stress, in case that is correct, Okay. It's I've not seen that at all. No, no, no. I, I have no idea. It would just be the worst outcome, and so I'm afraid of it. Correct. For the record, everyone out there listening, I am not giving Jared a response, either vocally or uh, with my face, when he makes these predictions. Because I don't want to aid in, in his predictions. I don't want him knowing whether he's right or wrong. I, I will usually just sit here and say, mm, yeah. Tell yeah, me has got a pretty good poker tell face. Tell me more about that. That's not necessarily true. However, I, I know what's right and what's wrong in this scenario, so I can, I can manipulate a little bit. And when you do give me something, if it's, like, if it's like you're really interested in what I'm saying, I don't know if that's you're interested because I'm right and I'm on to something, or if you're interested because I'm horribly off, 
but that's also interesting. That is the thing. I have gotten you to elaborate in a couple different scenarios where you're either right or you're wrong. Um, so we'll get to that. We'll get. To, we're so close. The season is coming to an end, but not really. We have a few more episodes. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about before the vote: Colleen not willing to do anything to get the money. That was interesting. It is interesting. I. I get it. She's trying to stress that she's a moral person and that it's it's a game, but also you, you got to play a little dirty to get. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. <laughs> they treat coordinating votes and alliances still. Some of them do like it's this major sin. Yeah. Like I understand not wanting to do anything for money. Sure. She. I, there are there are things I wouldn't do for million dollars, but grouping up to vote one person off on a show where we've all like consented to play this game <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna do that that's a thing that i'm gonna do why are you here yeah it, I, I like colleen but yeah. like that's just so misguided it's it's just stressing the naivety of of this game that they the players don't know the game yet and they will they will eventually and we've seen I, I, I've mentioned it before, um, their light bulbs coming on. A lot of light bulbs came on this episode. Mm-hmm. At the end of the, after the Gretchen vote, a lot of light bulbs came on. Colleen is one of the only people that's still in the dark, I feel like. Yeah. It's like Colleen, Sean, and Jervis are the only ones that have not figured out that this is a game. But is it too little too late? Because <laughs> Greg is voted out on a six to four, uh, six to three line. Uh, six to three. Six to three. Yes. Who we have the we have the four alliance and Sean by accident. Who is the sixth vote? Jenna. Oh. Sean, Rich, Jenna, Kelly, Sue, and Rudy all voted for Greg. Jervis, Greg, and Colleen voted for Jenna. So, like I said, this this is within their tribe. They are picking off someone either way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jenna reads it right because Jenna was being picked off by her own tribe. So of course she's going to take out Greg. Uh, <laughs> this leads to one of the most bizarre exits of a well, game. Wait, before we talk about that, sure. um, Rich's. So first of all, Greg's speech, when he had his note, when he votes off Jenna, he was like the first time because of, uh, because of the irritation, the second <laughs> time because something else. And the third time, because my ear infection is getting better. Yeah. I didn't write that down, but I did take note that that's, what the hell does that mean? Nothing. May- the only thing I can think is that, like, she annoys him, and he's saying that, like, I'm going to be able to hear you better. Mm-hmm. That's the... I... Maybe. That's a that's a reach. I, it is a reach, but... And then Rich's exit speech was, like, iconic. Greg Greg's exit speech. No, sorry. Rich's, Rich's vote speech. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, where he was talking about, like... I mean, it was, it was so cocky. It was so, like... <laughs> All right, we had our fun. This is a fun little game we had the last few days. He does a little drum on the vote box and like walks off. It was he sings on his way to the vote box. <laughs> did he did he sing "Fly Me to the Moon"? Let me kick its fucking ass. <laughs> it's been stuck in our heads all, all day, all day. Uh, yes. Anything else you want to talk about? No, no. We can talk about Greg's weird, yeah. unhinged exit speech. <laughs> oh, Greg gets up immediately, starts fake crying. To which fooled only only Rudy. He's an empathetic guy. He's an empathetic guy. We've seen this side from him now. Uh, 
full on continues to cry out the door. Jeff snuffs his torch while he's still fake crying and then continues to do it all the way down the, the walkway of bushes. The man, the myth, the legend, it's Greg. I have been so entertained by him. And I'm so sad that he's gone. Um, I'm glad my read on him at the beginning was right. Mm-hmm. I I do wonder if him feeling like garbage, like from having this like bad ear infection, from once again jumping and standing bog water, um, would like cause some of this bizarre behavior. Right. Um, some irritability, some loopiness. Yeah, he burned too bright. Um, <laughs> what? Just what else can you say? What a guy! What a guy! Well, I can say some more things because I have them written down. Please do. Can you? Would you believe me if I said that the crew and Jeff hated Greg throughout this process? Yes, yes, I would. Greg was a menace to this whole filming process. Of course, he was. Uh, uh, they didn't get it on film, but. Greg apparently would be naked a lot. Like, whenever cameras would go off and people would go to bed, he would be naked. Uh, (laughs) Wait, but this... Okay, wait. No, 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 no. We're not just going to skim over that. First of all, Rich does too. Fine. But, like, you specified at night when the cameras were off and everyone went to bed. So was he just walking around the beach like a pale white specter with his dong hanging out it could be part of the reason as to why he was off in the woods on his own he was just naked laying on his branches dude doing his thing this is ser- like the this is like blair witch stuff <laughs> like this is horrifying uh yeah to which there's an extension to this there was a a shot that the crew had set up of a long time lapse of the building of the pagong shelter or of at something or it might have been the rebuild of the second shelter either way they had it on time lapse and they couldn't use it because greg would get naked and like full-on expose himself in like get in the way of the long shot and just be there would would go work and then come back get naked get in front of the camera and then go away and this is the man that Pagong looked to and said, that's our leader. That's our leader. No one from Pagong, Pagong deserves to win this game. <laughs> Gretchen was the only one. Gretchen was the only one. <laughs> uh, and then lives lives in Colorado. Okay. That's, that's, that's all we it. got from him? It, there's not a whole lot of information out there about him. Uh, probably for the best. Graduated from Brown. You, they say he's an Ivy League student. He eventually went back and graduated. So good for him. I mean, psychopaths are generally smart. Yeah. Uh, I will I will say this last one. I'm not sure if it was an elaboration on on someone's part, but it did say that Jeff uh, almost punched Greg. I don't, like I said, I don't know if this was like someone saying, oh, he looks like he wants to punch Greg, or if it was close to an f- actual physical altercation. <laughs> wow. So d- take that for what you will. There was no actual violence involved. So I'm guessing Greg doesn't come back. Uh, no, there is there is no coming back for Greg. Dang it. We still have not hit a tribes member coming back yet. Really? Yep. That's disappointing. I would have liked to have seen Gretchen come back. I would have liked to have seen Greg come back. 
Um, I would have liked to have seen Ramona come back. I didn't think that was going to happen because she did not have a good time. No, 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 no. No. I, I would have liked to have seen BB come back. That's not true. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. I don't think the show would have enjoyed it. No. Uh, um, so for my for my my thoughts on Greg, um, I've had many of them throughout the season. <laughs> um, do I think Greg would do well in today's Survivor? Yeah, actually. Um, he needs a little bit better of a poker face. Yep. But he had good reads. He knew when alliances were forming. He knew what they had to do. He could not get his tribe to do it, and he did not stick to his own plan. No. But if you put him with a few, you know, even like a season like five, six, seven, where, you know, there's a, there's, there's some past footage of the show and all of that. Yeah, I think, I think he could do pretty decently if he could keep his ego in check and not try to, uh, you know, take on the biggest leader in the tribe, in this case, Rich, um, and not try to fist fight Jeff. (laughs) The provider of food and Jeff. Yeah. I mean, this is all on the caveat. There's a giant asterisk next to all of that. That is if he got his, his mental health spiral, uh, (laughs) under control. If you figured out what the hell is going on here. Uh, yeah. And your protagonist of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode didn't, didn't feel like it had as strong of a one as some of the other episodes. Um, but I do feel like, I think it was Jenna last episode too. And it, it feels like Jenna, this episode again, um, she was the target, the second person who received the most, the second most amount of votes. She, the reward challenge, uh, was mostly about her. Um, and she had a lot of confessionals this episode. Um, she seems to be the person they go to. That's not in the Alliance to tell the story of what it's like. That's, to not be in the alliance because outside of Greg, who again, having a psychotic breakdown for the last 20 days is the only other person that like is actively playing the game. You're not gonna get good game insight from Colleen. You're not gonna get good game insight from Jervis. Um, you're not going to get good game insight from Sean. So they, they seem to rely on her a lot for the non-alliance narrative. And it might make her the protagonist of episodes again in the future because the, uh, I mean, the secondary protagonist of this episode would be the Alliance as a four, um, but that's not one person, so that doesn't count. Well, good. Anything else you want to say for the episode? N- no. I, this is the, I said no and I'm going to. Um, this is the first episode that felt like a Survivor episode to me. I, I really enjoyed it. This might be my favorite episode thus far. Um rest in peace greg <laughs> rest in peace from the survivor gods yeah well cool then let's uh let's end the show well that will do it for this the eighth episode of the survivor turning back time podcast thank you for joining us we have another episode that we are about to record we gotta go we gotta go watch a show before we can <laughs> before we can record but yeah as always Get in contact with us, email us, tweet at us, uh, send, send me a send me a meme, send me a meme on Instagram, do it. Uh, Jared, do you want any, anything you want to plug? Yeah, send me a meme on at uh, Jared Sheldon Eight. Um, uh, that's my Instagram. Um, <laughs> in honor of Greg's mental breakdown, I will plug going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can, it's not always accessible to everyone, but if you can afford it. Um, and you think you, if you can afford it, do it. If you think you don't need it, um, yeah, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I, I'm full on board that I think everyone, 
could use therapy at some point or another. Like it's it even if you're not in a a moment in your life where you you desperately need it, there are moments that you're like oh I can talk this out with a a person who is not in the situation. If, if there's I don't know little fires in your life you want. They're not even fires. Just like yeah, someone that has can like little heating pads. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> little heating pads with some sketchy wiring that they might they might you don't know. Yeah. Um. No, but like an an objective person. Um. The you know the people in your life that you talked about things. They're not trained mental health experts. They can be there for you in you know working through tough decisions. But like somebody went to school to do it for six years mm-hmm. can also be quite helpful. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna promote uh, taking care of yourself. School is back if you're in college or close to being back. Uh, high schools are either started or starting soon, so take care of yourself. I I burned myself out quite a bit in college and in high school. Like d- d- take care of yourself. Take breaks. Eat eat correctly, and uh, don't forget to sleep. Sleep is important. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Jared, want to go watch another episode? I mean, what else are we going to do? That's fair. Okay. So, you have 15 seconds. I need you to come up with the most perfect one-liner to end the episode. Who counted our chickens before they hatched? you got five more seconds. Ah! <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>